HR professionals, business owners, and operations at all levels are struggling to figure out what needs to change. Our system has been shocked, practices have been questioned, and conversations are finally happening. We all know there has been a huge shift in what people want. Inclusion and diversity are common phrases, but often misunderstood. Generations are coming together more than ever on what's important. Mental health has been brought to the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's humanize these conversations. Let's talk about what's important for employees to be successful in life and at their job, and how companies can create an environment to allow them to do both. Because successful people will make up a successful workforce. I'm Leanne Lovely. Let's get this conversation started. We've got a real treat today. Patrick Riley is the president and CEO of New Horizons of Wisconsin. New Horizons delivers high-quality live training to professionals in dozens of technology families. Pat's firm has grown to be the largest in the state, annually providing over 10,000 live training classes in over 900 different course titles delivered by certified experts providing their clients unparalleled depth and quality of live learning. New Horizons is known for their speed and quality training and certifications in high demand careers such as cybersecurity, big data, cloud computing, AI, and more. In addition to helping his fellow Wisconsinites grow in their understanding and love of tech, Pat has been fortunate to enjoy over 27 years of marriage to the love of his life, Anne. Together they raised four children and are enjoying their two grandchildren along with their three golden retrievers in Appleton, Wisconsin. Pat is a graduate of the University of Iowa. I've had the pleasure and honor to get to know Pat over the last months, and he is not only an amazing business owner, he is an amazing human. Welcome, Pat. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Leanne. So why don't you start off by telling me a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name's Pat Riley, and I am the CEO of New Horizons of Wisconsin. And we are the state's uh, largest IT and business skills uh, training company. And so what we focus on is helping people um, upskill uh, themselves uh, to their next uh, level. And so we work both with businesses on um, helping their people uh, grow, thrive, and get certified in uh, technology skills, uh, as well as leadership and development skills. And then um, a part that of our company that is very near and dear to my heart uh, we help individuals uh, get into IT careers or business careers. And then our newest division is in the medical career division. And um, we've been very successful in all of those areas uh, because what we're finding in uh, industry today and what they're calling industry 4.0 um, is that skills uh, are really the new degrees. And companies um, are, are very uh, interested in seeing people with specific skill sets uh, much more uh, than they are uh, a, 
uh, a diploma uh, or uh, a degree uh, in a more general area. And, and you that's that's awesome first of all that's that's amazing um training and development company is um something that i i think is a huge emphasis in today's uh world uh i've seen articles coming out with companies that are shifting their funds to um putting a huge emphasis on helping their employees uh you know mm-hmm. ups upskill their um different individual departments or even offering it to you know across the entire company um which is which is amazing but you had mentioned a a couple of different areas um medical um which is awesome um but what i really wanted to know is or what i would like love to talk about is what what are you seeing in today's world as as far as the the impact um with just what has happened over the last couple of of years on um because of the covid and because of what is, has transpired yeah. how has that shift impacted your business yeah it's been it's been uh, an, an interesting ride right there's there's the old chinese proverb may you live in interesting times and we are certainly uh, living in in interesting times, and and um, you know, there's some statistics that I have for you today that are that are very um, challenging. Um, you know, in 2021, more than 38 million Americans quit their jobs. I that's, mean, that's that, that statistic is staggering. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, we could have three podcasts just talking about that. Right. But, um, you know, you, you know, you can get into the why and the wherefores and all the rest of it. But, um, you know, and, and, you know, we've got a lot of demographic things that are happening. We've got the grain of the baby boomers, we've got declining birth rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a labor shortage in almost every single industry. IT is absolutely going through a massive labor shortage right now, and then we've got this increase of millennials and Gen Zs in the workplace, and that dynamic is changing uh, what we're seeing. Um, in a in a recent study. Um, over 83% of HR professionals are reporting recruiting problems. Right. Uh, There's just not enough people. Mm -hmm. 75% of HR professionals reported a shortage of skills in candidates. Right. And you, Um, you know, it's just amazing. And it's wild too, because obviously, you know, my background coming from the recruiting world, you hear Mm -hmm. from those hiring managers um despite those staggering numbers you hear from them yeah i'd love to um, interview these individuals they interview them they have six out of or seven out of the ten things that they're looking for and then they'll come back to me and say yeah they're really great i i love their personality but i just i i don't have time to train them in the other areas Mm -hmm. and you go yeah you, okay. you hear that you hear that a lot, right? Right. Um, and and the the problem with that thinking 
is is it takes away from the realities of what we do on a daily basis. Because so much of what we do, and there's there's you know a, a, a few years ago there was they they started to have this big argument in HR circles and in leadership circles of IQ versus EQ, mm-hmm. right? Which was really hard hard technical skills and knowledge versus what we call soft skills. I really don't like, we don't, internally at New Horizons, we don't call them soft skills. We call them power skills mm-hmm. because that's really what they are. They empower people to be able to work with others in more of a leadership capacity than in a tactical capacity. And, and I think that becomes very, very important. Um, I've got a couple more stats for you. Um, 76% of companies say that business leaders would rate four or five on a five-point scale of importance to an organization. However, in that same study, only 45% of those companies would rate themselves as a four or five on a five-point scale of how well they're doing uh, of of building business leaders within their organization. So that gap, that 30-point gap, is exactly what you're talking about in terms of companies not investing in their own people to get them upskilled in those areas. Right. It's uh, the the number of individuals, and, and now I'm speaking of managers, not necessarily leaders, um, because there is a huge difference between a, a manager and a leader. But the yeah. number of managers in management roles that have never had management training and lack people skills and leadership skills is staggering. It's it, 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 the, um, and if you really dive into the statistics on this, even mm-hmm. managers will say without, without shame, without question, they will, will say, I have never had management training. I, I often don't know what I'm doing. And my company has not offered any type of management training to me. And it's um, as a as an HR professional, I'm sure as a um, as a business you know owner, you you sit back and go, what the hell are these companies doing? You yeah, know? it's very frustrating. I mean, because um, what we see in our world a lot of times, because what's happened in the last few years is that IT is no longer a silo. Right. Any, anywhere. Everything that happens in a business is controlled or touched or invested in technology. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to say to people, you can't buy a hamburger today without technology being directly involved. I mean, when you go to McDonald's, it's technology that is driving the the creation of your hamburger. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I mean, it's tech that's everywhere in that McDonald's. Um, not to say that I go to McDonald's too often, but I, I do like myself a Big Mac. <laughs> um, 
And, and uh, you know, because all those people are just looking at screens, telling them to put the pickles on and all that kind of stuff. It's all tech. Right. So um, people who started out to be in tech are now finding themselves in leadership positions or in positions in places like marketing or operations uh, or, or leadership positions, positions they didn't expect to find themselves. And that gap in knowledge is killing organizations. They have to invest in ongoing skill training. Mm-hmm. We, we know uh, from, from studies that happen uh, in uh, the training and learning and development organ, uh, uh, marketplaces, we know that skills have a half-life of five years now. Technical skills have a half-life of only two and a half years. Right. And that's getting short. So it's got I- to be constant. It's got to be a constant part of a company's culture. And I feel like, you know, obviously my listeners know how old I am. I refer to it all the time. I, so I, I don't, you know, I have no shame in this. Ask. I am not going to ask. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like as the older I've gotten, the the shorter that, you know, that's the shorter it gets every single year with how long those those skills last in the tech world. You know, at one time it was like you could go to you could go and and get your Microsoft training and you could, you know, that would that would hold out for you know, 5 or 6 years. Right. And now no, now it's anymore. right. Now it's like oh, now they come up they're coming up with another update in, you know, a matter of 2 years time and it's like if you don't have the newest you know, knowledge on it you all of a sudden they have a new button and you're like what what is this what what just happened or you're updating this just happened to me and and this and and I know it's happened to a shit ton of other people out there updating zoom I updated zoom and all of a sudden everything went completely wonky and it took somebody else telling me you have to completely remove it from your system reload it or you're just you're gonna not you're gonna have problems and and I couldn't figure that out on my own. I, I'm an intelligent person, right. but it finally took somebody saying, "Here's how you fix this problem." I don't know why, yep. but and it happens to us on a regular daily basis on just simple things like you using Zoom, which is something that I rely. That's how we're talking today, right? Right. So and now, in, a, in a broad, in a broader, not to not to interrupt, but in a broader sense, Chat uh, GPT has changed the landscape of technology significantly, and eight months ago uh, didn't exist, except for a, a, a toy with a very small group of of users. Um, today, it's ubiquitous. And, uh, you know, I've even used it playing around with uh, job postings to try to make them more effective uh, for us as we recruit. And it's amazing, quite frankly, uh, when you uh, when you when you kind of dip your toe into this this AI interface and its ability to create content. Uh, and that didn't exist, you know, on my birthday last year, for goodness sakes. Right. 
So it's incredible the speed at which a technology can disrupt everything that we're doing. And so people who sit back and are not either engaged or lifelong learners are going to be left behind. Mm -hmm. And the shift that we are seeing, and it's for, it's for a few reasons. First of all, a bachelor degree used to be your ticket in. When I was growing up, you, you had, you, you, and again, I'm, I'm dating myself as well. You really had kind of three options as you were graduating high school. You either went to a four-year college, mm -hmm. and, and that was your ticket into the middle class and above. Mm -hmm. um, you went to a two-year college, and you were going to get kind of a yeah, kind of a job, but maybe you could maybe you could you know parlay that into a four-year degree somewhere down the line. Mm -hmm. um, you went into the workforce and got a menial labor job, or you went into the military. That was it. Right. Those were your paths. That was it. There was no other. There's no other choice. Mm -hmm. Now you have a plethora of choices, and what we're finding is the cost of a university degree is is becoming prohibitive for people to be able to go into fields um, that they want to go into. Right. And. With skills being so important, Forbes just published an article about six weeks ago, uh, and the title of it was "Skills Are the New Degrees." And I and I encourage your listeners to go find that article on Forbes.com. Um, and it talked about how companies like Apple and Google and Dell and others were now no longer requiring college degrees in their hiring process um, if you had skills and certifications, which is what we provide to the state, to people in the state of Wisconsin. And it's a seismic shift. And, and this goes along what I think it's about two years ago, maybe about a year and a half ago, I was at a, I was at a conference and I listened to um, the, was it the CEO of a college speak? And he and he talked about how the enrollment of of students was going to be drastically taking a downturn, that um, colleges were going to have to find new creative ways to get students to come to four year colleges and that the shift was going to be two year colleges because the cost to that was so prohibitive. But this is also a symptom of the fact that we have a huge generation of individuals that went to college, graduated around the 2000, the 2005, 2006, yeah. and they are still in mass debt. And some of them, like me, and I've talked about this before, have a, I have a higher um, payoff amount than what I graduated with because I graduated in 2008 with my bachelor's degree. And subsequently, the economy, you know, the bottom dropped out. And I took a $20,000 pay cut after 2008. And so many of the parents that now have children are saying, wait a second. 
We're living in a different world. You don't have to go to a four-year college if your path is X, Y, Z. Now, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be, you know, right. a lawyer, uh, if you want to, uh, uh, yeah, an engineer Correct. or you know something like that. I, I I completely agree with you. In in my world, um, and and this is a, a bit embarrassing, I feel, but um, I have four children, and I went to the University of Iowa, and I love I love the University of Iowa. I very I'm wearing an Iowa shirt right now, in fact, and um and, and I live in Wisconsin, of course, and and my daughter got into the University of Iowa, and and she was excited to potentially go there, and I was thrilled, as you can imagine. <laughs> And she's she wants to be a teacher. She's going to be a teacher, in fact, and I'm very proud of her for uh, choosing that as a as a service uh, profession. And um, it would be two hundred and four thousand dollars for her to attend the University of Iowa coming out of the state of Wisconsin yeah. for four yeah. years, all in room and board. And, and all of that, $200,000. And with a, with my wife and I having four kids, we simply could not afford that. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I'm ashamed that I can't send my child to the school of her choosing. And it's just a Big Ten school. We're not talking about Harvard or Yale or some some preppy, uh, uh, you know, private college. This is just a public Big Ten school. There's no and, shame in that. And I can't, I can't afford it. And I'm a CEO, so I look at, I look at the average American, and I say to myself, you know, the the doors to entry now are just ridiculous. Um, uh, I, I'll go to another another study. I'll give you another number. Um, Dell Technologies uh, predicted uh, in in 2018 that 85% of jobs in 2030 don't yet exist. And if you think about it, think about all the jobs today that exist that didn't exist say seven years ago right it is a ton of them it's because the world is constantly evolving changing the need so fast so fast i remember and and again i've talked about this before you remember the time when every when we were talking about automating processes let's automate mm -hmm. you know on the on the manufacturing floor we're going to have robots oh, yeah. And everybody was like, oh, my God, we're going to be taking away American jobs. No, we didn't take away any American jobs. What we did was created higher paying jobs for the people who were creating the robots and then maintaining those robots. And we created new jobs that paid more, correct. but required people to upskill or reskill. Mm -hmm. And if people weren't willing to do that, then they would be left behind. And that is the reality of it. And, and I, I feel feel sorry to be the bearer of those new of that that news, but that's the reality of it. Right. You know, the other side of it is is that we require a certain percentage of our population to get into the trades. 
which is also an area that we have a great deficit of people in. And I would love to see more people getting into the trades rather than going to, um, you know, and nothing against Whitewater. I'm just picking that out of a hat. Going to Whitewater and getting a, a degree in, you know, English. We have, um, you know, they'd be much better off going to a tech college and becoming a, an electrician. They'd make way more money. Right. And we have some amazing tech colleges around here. And I think the re- and I think the reason that people don't get into the trades as as much as they they should is because there's this misconception that they will always be making no more than twenty five dollars an hour. Well, now that, you know, right. the new twenty five, you know, it's it's now, you know, thirty or thirty five um, even more. But there was always this misconception that they were always going to be making the bare minimum just to survive. And right. that's it's no. not true. There are people out there who are in the trades who are making a hundred, hundred twenty five, hundred fifty thousand dollars a year because absolutely there are. They've mastered their art. They've become the expert in their particular field. And and there's there's been this misconception around that when we had the shift from, um, you know, the individuals coming back you know, from war going into the manufacturing. And then all of a sudden they were like, nope, in order for you to be a great worker, you need to go to college. And for the longest time, it was the only thing that my, my kid's going to do is go to a four-year college and four-year college. And that was what was pushed for the longest time. And now for the first time, parents are going, no, you don't need to go to a four-year college. In fact, do not go there if you're going to go and spend your four years drinking away my money Mm-hmm. And then deciding that you don't want to go into whatever field of study it is. And now you're talking about even a further shift of companies saying, you don't have to have that degree. In fact, there are there are people who argue that going and getting that degree sometimes is worthless to them because at some of these, some, and I'm not going to pick on any particular colleges or whatever, and I'm not picking on the big tens, I'm not picking, but there are some colleges out there that really all it is is memorization. Go read this book, come and take this test, and you get an A. That is not teaching skills. That is teaching memorization. And I don't, I if I'm going to hire somebody, I want to know that they are capable of troubleshooting and thinking quick. I want to know that they are, are are capable of of you know actual individualized thinking and the ability to you know actually make independent decisions. Yeah, not critical thinking skills, Correct. you know, things like that. Those are the types of skills um, that that we we focus on in every one of our programs. We include uh, things like problem solving, critical thinking. Uh, people management, emotional intelligence, intelligence, excuse me, um, service orientation, negotiation techniques, uh, decision making, uh, working in a team. We we include all of those skills with every one of our programs because we feel that that makes every person that goes through. Uh, a New Horizons program more well-rounded and ready to take on whatever 
role they have chosen uh, to follow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, th- we feel like if we just teach them the technical skills, we're doing them a disservice. Mm-hmm. And we give them badges and, and for, for going through that they can take with them. And, and we give them everything that they need, uh, you know, test prep, practice exams, uh, uh, mentoring, all this, all this support for them to be able to go and get industry recognized certifications, which are in, in my book, the new currency. Mm-hmm. Because if you can go in to, uh, a t- uh, to a, 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 an employer and say, look, I am CompTIA certified in Security Plus and CCNA and, you know, XYZ. Let's just, we'll just add a fake one. Um, and, and I can do these types of things. And I have skill sets that align with you culturally. That person's going to get that job. Right. Regardless and- of where they went to school, quite mm-hmm. frankly. I agree. I absolutely agree. And here's the other thing is that companies that are willing to to look around at their employees and say, this is an awesome individual. I love this guy, gal, him, he, she, it, you know, Um, if a company is willing to look around at their employees and say, I really want to make sure that I'm building a solid team that doesn't leave. By offering them the ability to take courses, by offering them the ability to grow and to grow properly, not just saying, oh, here, I'll offer you this promotion and then let them fail is not the way. Because I've seen this again and again at organizations where they're like, oh, absolutely, I I feel like she might or he might leave. And then they offer them a promotion and then they fail because they didn't give them the tools that they needed in order to to level up, right? So organizations, by offering them those that ability to take the next class that they need or the next training or whatever it might be in order to develop those skills, is the best way to retain your employees. And I, yeah. I, I, I could say it until I'm blue in the face to some of these organizations, and I feel like it's, it, it falls on deaf ears. Well, it's not in the budget. Okay, it's not in the budget. So what happens when that employee leaves and you spend the next $20,000 on trying to bring in the right person? Is it, is it yeah, in the it's, budget it's now? Very, it's very interesting, the dynamics. And it, it, in my experience, it appears that companies either get it or they don't. And, it's, and it is cultural. I, I'll give you a couple of examples that are real, real world examples just this wednesday um i drove down to madison and i met with a gentleman and i'm not going to name him because i i don't i didn't ask his permission but he owns six different businesses he's a serial entrepreneur um and we talked about all of his different businesses and they're and they're they're in a variety of things he's got one in the financial sector he had a couple in the uh, the pharmaceutical and medical industries. Um, very, very interesting, uh, very creative, very smart, very smart. 
And when when we got all done, kind of laying out, you know, his 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 strat his, his businesses and his strategy, and all of this, and then we started getting down to the brass tacks, which was what he needed me for. And he and and essentially what he said is, we're growing, but I don't want the wrong people. I want people that fit with me. And then I want to train them on what I want them to know. And essentially what he was saying, which is what I have learned over 25 plus years in business leadership, is that you can you, you hire for culture mm-hmm. and you train for skills. That's what successful companies do. And unsuccessful companies will hire for a resume and then try to make that person fit into their culture. And so, you know, he and I talked a lot about how, um, and he's working on some programs internally to teach them about their culture. And then we're going to work with them on some of the technical skills that they need to learn. Um, And, um, and, and that's that's how we're going to partner together. But you can't try, in my estimation, um, to make somebody fit into your culture if their heart is not in the right place. Mm-hmm. And But you can teach them skill sets that they need to be able to be successful in whatever role you need them to play. Uh, I will give another example of a client of ours, and I hope that they're not going to get mad at me for this, but we do a lot of work with Northwestern Mutual Life, who I happen to be a customer of as well, um, partially because I know how they run their business. They invest in their people. They also invest very smart, by the way. They are not, they are, they're not throwing money around. They, they hold us very tight to their budgets, but they do invest in their people in a smart way Um, and they do it on newer technologies that are specific to their industries uh, and they do it in groups so that they can they have the uh, the group buy-in and uh, they continue to move their teams forward Uh, and they do it in a very smart way Northwestern Mutual is a very smart company, uh, and um, we're very proud to work with them. Uh, but uh, they're a progressive thinking organization, and that's part of the reason I'm a customer of theirs is because I know the insides. Right. Uh, and, uh, I know they do their jobs well. So I want to go back to the first example that you gave as, as hiring for culture and training for skill. And that mm-hmm. is um, extremely, extremely brilliant. Um, and and any company that can finally get that, um, and I wish as as an HR professional, as a as a somebody with a, a recruiting background, I wish that more companies would get on board with that. And the number one mistake that, especially as companies grow and get larger is that they, for some reason, forget that. Yeah. They say it, oh, here's our culture, and they sell their culture. They sell their culture to the candidate. 
oh, this is great. We're, you know, it's such a, a positive environment, blah, blah, blah. But they don't ask the individual, what are you looking for? They just assume that this individual wants to come in and will assimilate to their amazing culture, right? The culture that they're selling, which is what whomever is telling them about their culture believes their culture to be. Yeah, when I'm when I'm hiring somebody, I don't I will look at their resume so I can get a feel as to what their background is. And then when I'm interviewing them, I put their resume away Mm -hmm. and I don't look at it again. And I've gotten to the point in my career where I I hate resumes. I I hate them. Yes, they're a great tool to see if this person is in line with the job that I'm that I'm looking at or. But it's gotten to the point where people look at a resume and they think they know the individual. Right. No, I I try to look at it as little as possible. And and I want to get to know them. I want to know what makes them happy. What makes them unhappy? What what do they want out of life? Right. Um, where do they want to go? What do they want to do? What are their dreams? What are their aspirations? What drives them crazy? Um, you know, all of those kinds of things. That's what I want. I want to get to know them. And um, that's... I want to see what kind of questions they ask. Um <laughs> And you know, if, those types of things. And if more employees were to focus on that, look at the resume and say, yep, this person has, um, you know, X, XYZ background. And here's the thing that I, I that that's really gotten to me in, in the in the last couple of years. Somebody's got 15 years of longevity at one company, 10 years at another company. And then all of the sudden there's this this this. During the pandemic, they've had you know, a couple of jobs. And then a company says, oh, yeah, I can see they're a job jumper. And I go, what? Wait a second. Yes. During the pandemic, we had a a large group of people who all of a sudden had maybe one or two jobs or three jobs in there. The world was tipped upside down and companies were not quite sure what they were doing. And a lot of personal stuff started happening with, with individuals mental health issues. We had, you know, family issues, daycare right. issues. Daycare all, issues. Yep. I mean, daycare issues were horrific. Anyways, I, I digress. I'm going on to a tangent here. The point being is that I love what you what you talked about, about hiring for culture, training for skill. And if more companies were to can, like think that way, we would they would find a lot less trouble in hiring because right now we are seeing obviously like you mentioned the largest the largest struggle that I have ever in my career seen with not enough people way too many jobs and yes are we seeing a lot of layoffs happening they always happen we're just living in a world where every single thing that happens in the world is then blasted out onto every social media platform and everybody knows everybody's business so it seems like it's extremely horrible these things happen all of the time and yes we are in a recession right now so everybody's feeling the pains a little bit more but well and inflation is killing people oh, i mean yes. we're in a we're in a weird cycle right now of adjustment Correct. Um, where I think the Fed took too long to adjust interest rates and then adjusted them too too 
too fast and too hard, but that's just my macroeconomic opinion. Um, but, um, you know, and the layoff, the, the reason I think the layoffs get so much attention is because they're from such an odd place, places that we're not used to mm-hmm. ever laying off. Apple, you know, doesn't lay off people, right? right. Google right. doesn't lay off people. Amazon. Um, Amazon doesn't lay off people. And when they do, it, it it's a huge deal. And plus, it's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they lay off 10,000 people. That's a that's a big deal. Right. Um, what they don't report on is the fact that our unemployment in Wisconsin is at like 3.1% last last month. Correct. And that there are massive amount of companies that are still hiring and companies- they're still hiring like crazy, right? Correct. Trying to find people. And and when you start to get into the threes and twos of, of, of unemployment, you're now at you're now at cyclical unemployment, which means you're you're getting down to people who just don't either don't want to work or aren't able to work. Mm-hmm. And um you know, because there's a certain percentage of the population that just isn't isn't interested in working right. for whatever right. reason. Um, you know, it could be uh, it could be mental health, could be uh, you know an addiction, could be uh, age, could could be all sorts of things. Correct. Could, could be medical, um, but at, at any rate, it's becoming very very difficult uh, for people to find people. You know, people that that have what they need, and so. You know, now we have to improvise a little bit and companies that are smart um, will uh, will pivot. And we had to pivot during the pandemic. And now we're having to pivot as it relates to skill sets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are here to serve the Wisconsin community, both on an individual basis and, and, and by the way, we work with um, all of the state agencies. We work with all of the federal agencies. We work with the, with the VA. We're VA approved. Um, you know, we work with WIOA. We work with FSET. We work with Maximus. We, we work with all of these uh, government agencies to get funding for individuals who want to get into IT as a career so that they can get their training from us funded potentially if they qualify and i can't speak to that cuz i don't i don't run the qualification process but but there are there are lots of uh, workforce development places and and lots of government agencies that can help them um and and get get their educations uh, and skill sets paid for um, and get into these IT jobs that are paying very, very well. You know, my my son is is uh, 24 years old. He's making six figures as a software developer. That's awesome. Uh, up in up in Appleton, Wisconsin. Now, six figures in Appleton, Wisconsin goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's he's married with two kids, but. You know, he, so he's feeling the pain of that. So, you know, he's he's understanding uh, the cost of being a dad, which is which is hilarious to me. But, um, you know, he's he's doing just fine, you know, uh, because he focused his uh, uh, intellect and education on IT uh, skill sets. And, and he's he's reaping the rewards of that. So the the the. 
the, I think the moral of the story, if, if I could share with people is, you know, work on developing a wide, um, you know, power skill set of being able to work with people, for people, have a servant's heart at your core, and then go grab good, solid, technical, and whatever that means to you, whether it's engineering, whether it's science, whether it's IT, whether it's teaching or, or whatever it may be, but go grab those, those technical skills that you need and you will make yourself so, so valuable to an employer that they will pay you very, very well and they will give you a job that will be rewarding right. because that's what we're looking for in life. We're looking for jobs that reward us Sure, financially is a part of it, but but every study, every study that's that's been done of employees in the last five years puts puts the financial reward very low on what employees are looking for. They're really looking for a sense of purpose, a sense of community. Uh, training and upskilling opportunities are critical to them. Um, the you know the opportunity to make a difference, all of those things are what people are really looking for. And if you spend time investing in yourself and your skills and your abilities, uh, both on a power skill level and on a technical skill level, you will have those opportunities available to you. That is really well said. That's uh, I mean. Very well said. Now, we are coming to time. Um, I feel like I could talk to you forever uh, about this because I'm very passionate about the idea of, of well, about continuing um, education for myself. Um, I believe that if you're not learning something new every day, you're you're missing out on the opportunity to be great. And um, But like I said, we're coming to time. So the question mm-hmm. of the season, um, what would you change about your job or the practice that people have in your role if you could? Well, <laughs> as a CEO, I think I could probably speak for every CEO. I'd love to have a crystal ball <laughs> uh, and know what the economy is going to do next because we're in such such interesting I'll come back to my first statement. We're in such interesting times with inflation and spending and um, you know, a lot of times with organizations, training gets cut. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it. And so it's up to us to prove the value of it. Um, and that becomes a little bit more difficult in times of recession, as you said, that we're in. Um, so, you know, the uneasiness of how we're moving forward is something that I would love to change. But to be honest with you, I, I love what I do. I change people's lives through my organization. And um, the the one thing I'll share with you is that at at our company, we don't have a a mission statement in our company. We have a passion statement. Uh, And our passion statement is that we believe that learning new skills is the fastest way to change a life. And that's what my organization does every day. That's awesome. And we have trainers that do that. We have 
account executives that help people do that. We have people in our career development division that do that. We have people in operations that help people do that. But that's what everybody in my organization is, is, is focused on. And I am very, very proud to be able to lead an organization that does that. Um, and that's something that's very near and dear to me. So there's certainly there are days that uh, I would love to be doing something else. Uh, you know, there's, you know, days like these that you, uh, you know, you wish that uh, you were, you know, just uh, digging ditches for a living or something like that, where you could see the fruits of your labor. But uh, boy, I, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of my team and proud to be uh, able to lead them. Awesome. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, um, how would they go about doing that? Well, I am happy uh, to have uh, people email me. Uh, they can email me uh, at pat.riley, R-I-L-E-Y. And yes, it is just like the basketball coach, um, at newhorizonswi.com. Uh, or they can uh, they can you know chat with us on our webpage, um, uh, or uh, you know what the heck, give me a call. My number is nine two zero two zero five three five eight nine, and I'd be happy to chat with you uh, personally, uh, one on one, uh, about uh, what we do and how we do it, and. Um, you know, thank you, Leanne, for having me today, and uh, I'd be happy to to come back anytime and, and chat with you about about this or or, or anything else. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Pat, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an amazing conversation, and um, you know what your organization does, and and how you offer um, you know the ability for individuals to to upskill and and really be able to step into new careers with some of the programs that you offer is amazing. So if you are looking to get in touch with Pat Riley and his team, you can also check him out on his website, which will be on the show notes. So check that out again, Pat. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You have a, you have a wonderful day. Thank you again for listening to let's talk HR. I appreciate your time and support without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.